Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Now, I'm pretty excited about our next guest, and that is Roxy Jasenko. Roxy started her business empire at 24 years of age with a Sydney-based PR agency, which she owns, called Sweaty Betty. Actually, Roxy takes me back to how she started off in PR when she was given a chance for a great mate of mine called Mark Keery, who owned a shirt brand called Mark's. And uh, what I didn't know is she was his receptionist back when she was, like, in her early 20s. So that's a great story. Roxy by the way, has since added four more successful businesses to her name, along with a whole lot of other successful adventures, let's call it, in her life. She's written a whole lot of books. She has an online e-learning course now, and we talk about that, and has just launched a reality TV show called, believe it or not, she's forgotten her name, but it's called I Am Roxy. So Roxy's been on the show before, and by the way, she has provided me with a lot of guests who come onto the show because they are clients of hers. Since she was on this last show, a lot has happened in life, some of which has uh, been very controversial and some of which most people in this world would never be able to deal with. And one of the things I want to talk to you about is how the hell do you deal with this controversy? How do you turn that into a positive when everyone's putting crap all over you? How do you actually turn this into a television show and make money out of it and actually rebuild your brand? I'm excited about this one, so let's get into it. Roxy Jusenko, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you. I'm very and, excited. Oh, well, so am I. Look, uh, I haven't seen you for quite a while, maybe a year or two, um, but I should declare early, I'm a Roxy fan. Roxy <laughs> was on The Celebrity Apprentice many years ago. She she brained him. Well, what was the other PR lady's name that you- Prue McSweet. Prue, How could oh I ever God. forget? Uh, I had two <laughs> PR ladies at the time. Let's loosely describe Roxy as a PR person at the time, publicity person. Um, but I had Prue, who was old school publicity, and I thought this is going to be so good. The two of them are going to be at each other, and fucking oath, they were at each other oh, the whole time. Were we ever? I was I'm glad great. we left with any hair. It was great. <laughs> it was real good television. Just for that, it was worth watching. So, Roxy, a lot's happening at the moment um, for you, and I'm here to talk to you. I don't really want to talk about Sweaty Betty. I mean, you've been good to us. You, you've been giving us plenty of guests to come on the show, and I've been appreciating that. That's been fantastic. Um, but I don't want to talk about Sweaty Betty. I want to talk about all the new stuff you're doing at the yes. moment. So you've sort of reinvented yourself. And what amazes me is how people like you, controversy follows you all the time. Most people would never be able to get up after the sum of the, the hooks that you've copped on the chin in a media sense and, you know, generally. But somehow you just, you're like bulletproof. You just get up and you keep going, how the hell does that all work? I think that your detractors become your biggest motivators. You know, everyone has got something to say. And generally, it's been negative. But as I said, when I did I Am Roxy, you know, you didn't think I could do it to all of the people out there who have been the naysayers. And look, I've done it. So what it's done is, yeah, don't worry, it gets me down. But at the same time, I go, well, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, Watch me. I'm totally. going to work even harder. I'm going to get up from the lower lows and I'm going to succeed. Well, it, it, Roxy's like, you know, she's less than 40 more than 35. 
in age, okay? You're kind. <laughs> and um, she looks like she just jumped off the catwalk, by the way. She's walked in here with like a fake fur. Is it fake or real? Of course it is. I don't yeah. want red paints right okay. on me. Thank you very she's much. She's got a fake fur, but she just looks, she looks like she just jumped off the catwalk. Anyone would think that um, she hasn't had a moment of stress in her whole life. So let's just cast you back to when you're Roxy Jacenko, 15 years of age, no mobile phone, where'd you go to school? What's the deal? Like, tell me about your parents because I want to know how this person formed. Yeah, well, it all came from my upbringing. You know, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of people who have said, oh, her parents have given her everything. And I won't lie. My parents are wealthy and they've done very well, but what they've they've done is they've worked very hard. You know, my dad was from um, North Ryde. He just went to the local public school. My mum was from the east end of London. They invested in property. They did very, very well. But what they taught me is if you want, you work. And that has stuck with me. Since the age of 14, I had a job. I was at McDonald's as a drive through girl. Did they give me things? Yeah, they did. They gave me education and they gave me work ethic. Were they the parents who delivered me a BMW with a red bow on it? Absolutely not. Uh, it was a Volvo that was 18 years old. So they instilled in me, if I want, then I have to work. And that's what has given me what I've got today. That's why I can get up in the morning and go, well, you know what? doesn't matter how bad it is out there for me in terms of negative publicity. I've got two children and I've got a husband who I, I'm the breadwinner. It's a single income family and I've got to work hard. And that came from my childhood. So necessity, but sometimes there's a lot of people who, who you know, the necessity is in this. There's nothing on their plate. They have to work hard, but a lot of people just can't get themselves out of bed to do it or they just can't come up with a way of doing it or always whinge and complain and why does someone like Roxy Jacenko say, I've got to do this, I'm going to do this, and this is what I'm going to do? Like, in other words, you invent good something, enough you do Because good enough in my mind is not good enough. Well, good enough that, will where does never that come do. from? Were you like that at school? I was, well, I wish I was like that at school. Maybe I'd be a lawyer now, Mark. <laughs> Life well, would be much well, easier. Well, if you're a lawyer now, you're earning a lot less than you're earning now. So, <laughs> and it'd be a tougher life too. So. True. Um, no, you know what? Uh, it is an upbringing thing. And yes, you know what? I also don't want to want, and that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but if I see something and I want to have it, I want to be able to go out there and get it. And yeah, that's materialistic, but I want to work hard enough to know that I can never want and also to provide my children with an upbringing like I had. And that doesn't mean flashy things. That means a good education, extra help with school tutoring or whatever it may be. That's what makes me do it. I don't know anything else. I've only ever worked my whole life. I never got into uni. I dropped out of TAFE after two of a three-year course and I went to work for Mark Curie and Theo Honest Faroo as a receptionist. So I've really come... So you worked for Max, did you? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, he was... At, at, uh, at Mark's shirts? I worked for Mark's and then I worked for Diesel, which was his... Remember, he yeah, was yeah, the yeah, importer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember he, bought, he got the Australian rights for it. Yes. Great mate of mine, Mark. We were all great friends. It was a terrible tragedy that he Shocking. died so young. So but... I was with him throughout that whole journey. So it was quite interesting when I got cancer. I, you know, for me, I had been through the journey with him. He obviously was diagnosed with cancer. He tried all sorts of other remedies. Totally. Um, holistic remedies yep. to try and get through it. He, pro- he prolonged his life for as long as he could. So when I got cancer, I was right onto all of the green juices and the herbs and, but you know, it's sad. Everyone gets it now, seems. Yeah, yeah it was. So I didn't realise that you start off in uh, Mark's He's his receptionist. Mark's really? Yeah. Yeah. And then he kept promoting me. So I was, I started his recep- as his receptionist and then he said, do you want to be the PR and marketing manager? And I was like, yes, absolutely. He said, fantastic. I'll get you a business card. So then I was like a kid in a candy shop handing my business card to everyone in sundry. I had no idea what I was doing, but what he did was he gave me the foundation to be able to go, right, this is what I'm doing. I have to find a way to do it because I've got no education in it. I had no background in communications. Um, he taught me it was like a sales role. He taught me that be the quickest 
to deliver what the media want and the rest is Was it PR history. like in, in terms of corporate PR or was it more publicity? No, it was publicity. Yeah, so you're a, like a publicist. For, yeah. yeah, correct. With no experience sitting on the reception desk. So, well, how the hell did you take that on? You, you, I mean, you are the sort of person. You I say know, yes to everything. 100%. Yeah, and uh, work it out later. That's, uh, that's my motto. Yeah, yeah. You know, like have an open door policy, say yes, yes, yes. It's like my books. I've got five books now. I've never read a freaking book. <laughs> but why did I say yes? Because I want to be the only girl who's done the books. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I often say to people, just have a crack and backfill later. That's exactly say right. Yes. Worry about it later. Fill it because if you overthink it, you'll fuck it up. Or, or you'll you miss the it. opportunity you completely. Someone else will pick it up. Yeah, so, so, so I just want to go back. So you were, Mark put you in charge of publicity yeah. at um, Marks and Diesel. Yeah. And Diesel, by the way, for those people who younger people who don't know, was, was, a, ma- was a massive... Accomplishment to bring into Australia. They were like three hundred bucks a pair of jeans when everyone else would, you know, pay Levi's. It cost you sixty bucks or something. <laughs> but for some reason, we all wanted to buy three hundred dollars jeans because and they this were new brand queuing. Kind of Italian yeah. brand, yeah, Renzo Russo. Correct. And uh, and I remember Theo Onesro and Mark got it together somehow. Yeah, that, uh, I can't remember how that. It was how. definitely Mark's doing. I think Theo was the brains and the negotiator, and Mark was the creative. <laughs> Theo's always managed to be be in sort of the deals everywhere. Yeah. I don't know how he ever did that. Yeah. But 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 as publicist for. Those two brands, how the hell did you know what to do? Like, would you- I didn't. You know what? I hit the ground and I knew if I was hungry, if I, I used Google a lot, I must say, if I was hungry, if I presented it in a way that people were interested. I also knew I had an angle because exactly what you said, Levi's was $60, diesel jeans were between $300 and $700. So I knew already I had a hook because people wanted to know, well, hang on a second, why does everyone want these jeans? $300 to $700 when you can buy $60 jeans? And that was our angle. These were these amazing Italian jeans and we'd never seen anything like that in Australia. So I just hit the ground and I run. I don't know. But how do you find a journalist to write about? Because, I mean, it's all about getting media attention. So did you use Mark and or not Theo, but did you use Mark's profile or did you use the, the product's profile? The product's profile. The product's profile. So you took the product's profile and what did you do? Did you, did you spray all the journalists, like, you know, to hit, keep hitting them with um, press I releases run in those days? And t- well, it was press releases in those days, but of course I couldn't write a press release because I was not schooled in how to even formulate a press release. So I created news snippets because I couldn't write a press release. So I just wrote little news snippets to the journalists. But I think 15, 20 years ago, you picked up the freaking phone. Yeah. Now everyone wants to rely on an email and hope for the best. Or, d- or direct message on Correct. Instagram. Sorry, but pick up the phone. So that old school thing you think still works? I mean, because I think it's it is. Because you know vital. what? If you're a journalist, if you're a person trying to promote a brand and you're sending stuff by electronically to a journalist who you're hoping the journalist will pick that up, one thing that I know is that the journalists are getting hit by a, a thousand things in a day. You're one of many. And they don't read it. They're not interested. So do you still, would you still advise those individuals who are either trying to run publicity businesses or work for people doing publicity or just have a brand and want to get it promoted, it's better just to try and pick the phone up and talk to somebody? Yes, because no one uses the phone anymore, so you can rest assured if you ring that journalist, they'll pick up the phone. Well, one thing is for sure, if Roxy Jusenko rings up, they're probably going to answer the phone. But, but I mean, if... Like, I still think no matter who. Right. You know, it's very hard to say no to someone when you've got them on the telephone. It's much easier to say, yes, okay, I'll consider it. If it's an email, the quickest thing to do is delete. Well, I didn't read it. Just just don't read it. And you don't even always... open it or if you do open it, you delete it. So there's a, there is a flaw then in the, the current way people try to promote businesses and or brands and it, because it is And in business in largely, general. Uh, agencies do everything electronically. It's, generally speaking, it's all electronic, electronic, and they just try and they, they apply the spray technique and it's hope lazy. they hit something. It's lazy. You have the advantage, your business has the advantage that 
it's got your name attached to it. And then what people will be worried about is if they don't answer the phone, that there might be some sort of ramification. Uh, you're not wrong. I would say that over the 15 years of having my businesses, that is definitely a positive. They will pick up the phone more often than not. But at the same time, I think people are also respectful of someone who actually has the balls to yeah. pick up the phone and call and say, hi, we don't know each other, but I've got this product. I'd love to get you in to try it. And how do you find these people who write this stuff? I mean, how do you know? How does Roxy know or how does somebody else know who to pick the phone up to? Do you have to read all the newspapers? What is it? Yeah, you should be. You know, I still get the newspapers every day. I still get the magazines, go to the news agency and buy the magazines. We've got something in our office called the Bible. And in that Bible is A to Z dividers in a um, lever arch file and the mastheads from every magazine and every newspaper. So go to the news agent, pull out the section that says editor, deputy editor, creative director, you can create your database of media contacts very easily. Now, if you look at a newspaper, the name of the journalist who wrote the story is on there. And yep. if for some reason it's not, Google it. And then what do you do? Just just take someone through. So you, you let's say um, um, you pick up an article and it's they're writing about uh, Jim's for argument's sake and um, it's, you know, Mary Lou is writing for the Sunday Telegraph yes. about Jim's and lifestyle, et cetera. Um, Roxy now knows she's got a client who's got a gym that's going to be open up soon. What do you do? What, what do you think to yourself? Oh, maybe that person right there, maybe they want some more material. Should I ring them up? What do you, you do? You ring them and you get them in. People want experience. So it's right. all well and good to say, okay, I've got this new gym and this is what we offer and these are the times of the classes and this is the cost, but that's boring. Your edge is getting them into experience. And I think now there's been a big change. PR is not PR. It's creative communications. You need to give an experience. So it's all well and good to pitch the gym. But get her in. Give her a one-on-one class. Invite her and her girlfriend in to try it. They need to like it, try it, buy it. They're not necessarily buying it, but you want them to buy into the it. story and the offering. They'll sell it for to it. sell it to the so reader. So where did, where did you get this instinct from? Was it just your experience? You, have you, did you always know this or did you think it evo- you evolved into this you know, through making I'm mistakes? I think a sales girl through and through. Um, I had to use a sales technique to put me in front of the people who studied communications and journalism and PR at uni because I didn't have that. Um, But I also think you learn as you go. You make the mistake, you pick yourself up and you keep going. I mean, there's been several times when, you know, I've done something wrong and I've gone, oh, fuck. Mm. But you know what? I use that as my example to my team to say, okay, well, that didn't work. Use me as your sounding board. This is how we've got to do it this time. So how many people got? A, how many people do you have now? Sweaty beard. I said I wasn't going to talk well, about that, but how many people? No, got? there's no, you know there's like five businesses now, so there's well, about twenty five of us. Yeah, but just sweaty beard, just the PR publicist um, oh, business. PR, um, I'd say probably twelve. Twelve people. Yeah. Yeah, and and do they have to go and find their own clients, or does everything no, come through you? Everything's through me. Right. So I answer every email. I know every waking moment of my business, and I think the second you take your finger off the pulse and think, well, I'm the boss. I'll leave it to someone else's when you don't have a business. Oh, I can tell you that's, that, that sort of happened to Yellow Brick Road, to be honest with you. Now I've taken the reins back at the beginning of this year and I've completely reorganised and reshaped the business. And it, to be honest with you, it's like been fantastic. I've really enjoyed Like I've just come back from our Darwin um, annual conference in Darwin we had like 400 people. And they want there. you. They love it. They, and they want they you. They join because, I mean, I forget, I forget about that sort of stuff. They want you. They and feel empowered. They you started and I it want from them. nothing. I want to be with mm. them. I get my po- tyres pumped up hanging yes. around and talking yes. to them. And they, yes. you know, it's just. Encouraged. I feel so good after being there. And, um, you know, and, and I would have missed out if I hadn't have gone. And generally speaking, I'm not very social. So I go, I'm not going. Nor there. am I. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. My allergy is You're, people when they ask me in a restaurant. I'm like, people? 
I'm not. I'm the most non-social person you meet. You'll meet. And the funny thing is, it was like this. I'm doing a brand boot camp, an online course, um, and one of the modules in that course is faking it until you make it. I am not the most confident person. I actually find this particularly difficult. But you have to get into character. You have to fake it until you make it. So let's Whether talk about that. Whether you're confident or not confident. Well, okay, that's that's really interesting because a lot of people just say, "Oh well, no, that's that's Roxy just saying go. That's easy for her because she's naturally extroverted and outgoing." Okay, that's what people would say. Ah, uh, I know. So. Tell me who Roxy really is and then tell me how you become that person people see. I step into character. The second I step into character, I become misconfident. Do I enjoy it? No, I don't. Do I do it because it brings me business? Yes, I do. So you compartmentalise who you've got to be for the moment. Yep. So... I turn it on. Which one's the real you? The Roxy's reserved and doesn't like to go out. I don't socialise. I've got four friends and if I'm not at work, I'm with my children. So... Okay, so Roxy really on Saturday night, unless she's got to go, unless she's got something there's there's, there's money in it or there's a yes. client in it or I'm at home. A, you would stay home. I'm on Instagram stalking for ideas. Yeah, and watch. Do you watch telly? Okay, you need to tune into Power. Have you seen Power on Stan? No. <gasps> it's the best show ever. I'm hooked. Other than I, is, Roxy, is it like of billions and all those other? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't. You fake it until you make it. So you th- then you can turn it on though. I can turn it on and I've learnt to turn it on. Okay. Well, Turning you it on brings like me business. How, how the hell did you work that shit out? I mean, I do it, but I want to know how you did it. How, how, I mean, I do it. I perform. So, but how do you It is a performance, performance, isn't it? And that's why when you do your seminars, I said, you know, how you do three states back to back, I don't know. Because turning on that character and being that extrovert is absolutely exhausting. Totally. It is for me. Um, how do you do it? You learn it. Um, the reality is if you're confident about what you're talking about, I think it becomes easier to step into character. If you've been doing it for a number of years, you, there's a confidence that's built. I also think that if you're in a space that is familiar to you, it's always a better way of so doing it. So you know your it. content? Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, for me, I'm out of my normal space with you here. You're yep. going to feel a lot more confident than I am because yep. you're used to this surrounding. For me, if it's a new business meeting, come into my office. I'll get you a hire car to pick you up and bring you to me because in my own space, in my own surroundings, I can perform, I can deliver because it's familiar. Right. So but did, does Roxy ever get really nervous and sort of feel like she's going to be a bit sick before she does a performance? Yeah, there's pills for that. Yeah, no, but do you, would you take Truth. a beta, blo- beta blockers? Do you, do, oh, would, I don't know what that is, but I take pills or adre- now. Things that d- drop your adrenaline down. Oh, so I used to perform. do that with Nurofen Plus, but then they made it prescription only. <laughs> but I mean, you can't get, I mean, I know a lot of blokes or people who perform who, who use beta blockers to keep Honey, adrenaline down. Oh, we need to get onto that. I'll be taking a mental note of it. But, no, I, take, I used to take Nurofen Plus until I got a stomach ulcer and it exploded and I ended up in the back of an ambulance. No, now I take Effexor, which is like a anxiety drug. Yeah, well, that's that's a beta blocker. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, well, that's what I have. Yeah, so, I mean, I know a lot of people do it because um, the adrenaline can get so out of control that... It's a terrible feeling. It's like think. It's like there's a, an elephant standing on your chest. So, yes, you fake it until you make it. And, you know, that confidence, it comes with knowing your craft, but also being in an area or surroundings that you know. So, I, I, we got to go to the break, but I want to be... You just talk about fake it until you make it. And that is that. That's a, a a module of your Roxy's brand bootcamp. Yeah. Before I go to the break, let's just quickly talk about that. That's a new business or just a new. So I've idea always done seminars for the last five years and done really well, all states, sort of seven hundred people at a time. But what I realise is people want more. They want 
you know, four weeks, continual classes, which really delve much deeper than a two-hour seminar can. So that starts this month. Um, what is it? Tell me what a, what a, a so, brand boot camp so is. So basically whether you're a personal brand or you're a business brand and you want to grow your brand, you want to understand the important elements to building a brand. We talk about the foundation. So the first thing you need to do, people don't go out looking to build a brand. You can't go out looking to build a brand. You have to build your foundations first mm. to even have a chance to build a brand. Um, we talk about confidence and networking. We talk about social media and how to use it and get the most out of it. Um, look, I think it's Over how many days? Four weeks. Four, four weeks. weeks. Yep. They're all video courses. So, look, I think it'll be oh, it's interesting. Online. It's online. It's online. Yep. And that's also because there's so many people in regional Australia who have said, look, we can't get to Sydney. We can't get to, you know, um, Melbourne City, etc. regional Australia. Yeah. And I don't think that people in regional Australia should miss out. So, I decided to make it online, which has been fun. It's been a huge uh, job. Have you launched it? It's, it's actually happening? It's so the enrolments are open now and then the actual course starts on the 30th of September. So, look, it'll be, it, it's been really rewarding. You know, to fa- the fact that I was the, the, the shit student, I was a receptionist for Marks and Diesel, and now I can say, you know what, I've learned enough over my 15 years to show you how I've built five brands from nothing, from scratch, and made them into brands that are Well, household. not only that, you look after other people's brands too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. your, your original business, yes. Sweaty Betty, that's yeah. your original business. And... Uh, I mean, I guess you do know how to do brands. What you're now doing is you get you're you're going to parlay that knowledge on on a digital environment to, to allow people in regional Australia. I'm trying so, to come into 2019, Mark. I've just I still use a how, cash check every Friday. I don't even have an ATM card. How many hours a week? How long did it take you to get this package together? Ages. You know, we worked on this for probably two months. I've actually done it in partnership with Mia Friedman, who has been a great yep. supporter of mine for many years. And she's got a, no- a lot of knowledge uh, when it comes to online, which I don't have in terms of getting podcasts up and websites and, and you had courses. To film it all. Yeah, we filmed it all. Is it, it audio all. or filmed? It's filmed. It's filmed, right. Yeah. So you had to film the whole thing yeah. and then it had to be edited and then you had to build it's the content. A, yeah, it's been a huge job. So then there's the worksheets as well. But look, I think... I think it'll be rewarding for a lot of people and, and I know that I can talk about the mistakes I've made but then also the positives. It's actually good because you own the, you own the broadcast. Um, you can control the content. Yes. Um, it's sort of like PR for Roxy in that in that you can control people's perception of yeah. you. Yeah. You can show them another side of Roxy. Or and I think that's the, what the TV show did. Yeah, well, yes, well, I was well, like, I'm going to talk about the TV show when we come back. Right. From, I'm, I'm going to talk about the TV show. He's telling me I need to shut up now. Yeah, no, no, but I'm going to go to the break. <laughs> I want to know it because I don't want to just – Talk about the TV show fleetingly. I actually want to have a good crack at that. Yeah. So, but like, but what's interesting about this is, I mean, I, I see James Packer wrote a book. Mm. Got someone to do an autobiography about him. And a lot of people do this shit. They actually go out and they control the perception about themselves. John Ibram has done the same yes. thing about his book. Yeah. They control the perception about themselves by writing the story in case someone else is going to write it. Mm. Well, you're doing, not, you're oh, not well, writing Oh, well, I've had the other person write it as well, which was such a load of shit. <laughs> yeah, but you're, <laughs> but you're now you're doing a, a, a whole podcast, which is basically a broadcast over a month, over a four-week period, and this is Roxy Jacenko introducing yeah. herself to regional Australia. Yeah. They'll make the decision what they think about Roxy Jacenko, yes. irrespective of what they read about in a newspaper yeah. here on the radio. Yeah. I reckon that's brilliant. G'day, Matt. How are you going? What business you got for sale this week? Very interesting one. A digital media business. We don't get many of these, and when they do come in, they go pretty quickly. Well, like digital media is like going off. It's going mental. So digital media, what you're talking about is a, sort of like an agency where they go into a customer who's got a business who needs to market their business on digital mediums. And uh, this organization, I presume, what they do is they advise them, help them place ads, etc. Absolutely spot on. Do you need to be a specialist in this stuff to know to be able to own this business or they got staff? How's it work? 
what's happening is you've got the current owners, well, there's two owners at the moment, and one of the owners is looking to retire. So uh, and I would say that the owner that's retiring is probably not a specialist. Um, the other owner is is really spot on, knows the back, knows the industry. Uh, so you don't have to be, but it would be an advantage to have some passion or, or experience. Is one owner staying in or they're both selling out? No, absolutely. One owner is staying in, staying in and very keen to continue growing the business. The, the business is growing at an extremely, uh, I think that's probably the reason that actually one of the owners is actually stepping out because it is growing so quickly. Right. So basically what we've got here is a, you're buying into a partnership, which is in the digital media industry. What yes. sort of turnover are we talking about? Uh, it's approaching the million dollar mark, and, and it'll probably be well and truly over the million dollar mark this financial year. And uh, what price do you pay for one of these things? Look, it's a buy-in. It's a little different this one. Um, so you you can buy in on the partnership level now um, at probably only around the two hundred thousand dollar mark, and uh, you'll receive a wage, which is cool. Um, and then there's the future. If you want to buy the whole business in a couple of years, then I know that the current owner would be uh, open to that. So there's plenty of ambitious young people out there who'd love to get involved into a business that's already established and they've got digital media experience and they're going to back themselves. So if you're interested in buying this one, go and talk to Matt Holland and he's at allsales.biz. We're back here. I'm with Roxy Jacenko. I'm going to talk to you about I'm not going to fuck around. I'm going to get straight into this. I am Roxy. Um, Sounds a bit egotistical. It does, doesn't it? I sound like a real wanker. Who came up with the name? Whipper. Whipper did. So, okay, tell me the story. Where did this idea come from? What's the deal? My husband went to jail. I got cancer two weeks later and Michael Whipfly Whipfly from Nova 969 called me and he's like, Rox, I think there's a TV show in this. I'm like, buddy... I've got cancer, my husband's in jail, I have two children and four businesses to run. There is no TV show. the media's all over you. (laughs) Yeah, I literally can't scratch my nose. I can't walk out of the house without getting a photograph. And and I do not need a TV show. I said, but you know what, call me in a few months and we'll have another discussion. So the guy literally rang me every week. He's like, Roxy, there's a TV show in this. And after about three months, I was like, you know what, okay, let's try it. Has he done this stuff before, Weber? No, he hasn't. Um, He formed a company called Two Scoops Media, and I think he must have a vision of, you know, after radio, he wants to make sure that he's got, you know, another um, venture. So, look, it's quite smart, Um, and it's done incredibly well. We were 530,000 nationally, so that topped, that's the best yet for 10's pilot week. I can tell you, it's pretty good for Channel 10. (laughs) That's a, a bit better than what Rove did. What did Rove do? Poor Rove, bless oh, no, him. It's terrible. Bless Poor him. Poor bastard. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I, mean, I know what it's like to do, do, do something that doesn't work out. It can be pretty shit feeling. So let's just go back a bit though. So uh, you and uh, Whipper conceived the idea. He conceived the well, idea. Oh, he conceived the idea. You, 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 I was like, okay, in the end. I was like, you know what, again, I've learned this from the beginning. You say yes, and you pick up the pieces later. He was the donor. You yes. had to carry the baby. Yeah, so, exactly. So, and you had to, and he had to, he had to give childbirth too. So, yeah. so, um, how long? What? Because people want to know. How, oh shit! How do I get a TV show? How the fuck does Roxy just think I get a TV show? How did you get the TV show? How did you sell it in the ten? How did that? So, work? I actually had nothing to do with it. So, Whipper did that. Um, he enlisted Matchbox. So Matchbox actually was the person, it was the company that put the show together. They did was, the filming, they, they did, did the, the production, filming, Exactly. Um, Where did you do it on a studio? No. So it was everywhere. Yeah. Like we we covered the Location. office, we covered home, we covered, you know, it, literally every waking moment of my life we covered from February of this year um, right up until probably June. So we were filming two to three times a week. There was a lot, obviously you saw one episode last week, but... I would say to you in the bag, there's probably another four episodes easily. Um, it was interesting. You know, as you know from our di- days at Celebrity Apprentice, it's exhausting. It's uh-huh. not easy. Um, 
you experience the highest highs and the lowest lows and then you don't sleep at night because you're like, oh, my God, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Because when I did I Am Roxy, it's not scripted reality. It's factual. It's fly on the wall. Is it edited? No, I have to tell you. And that was one of the things I wanted, you know, and this is something that we both experienced at Celebrity Apprentice, um, you know, back five years ago, I think it was now, that, you know, there were a lot of sequences that were put together and I'm like, I'm sure I never said it like that. (laughs) There was none of that. What you see is was actually happening. Um, I don't know whether I should admit to that because it'll make me come across as a raving lunatic. Um, well, you t- tell everybody because not a lot of people have seen it. Not, not everyone listening to this will see. Well, they the can on ten play. So it's on ten. Yeah, okay, it's on ten, and it's on ten replayed on ten yeah. play. But tell us the underlying theme of the show. What's I am Roxy about? What are you? What are you trying to? Pr- promote or do. You know, the most important thing for me about it, and I said this from day one, is I want to show people that no matter who you are, what you are, what you've been given, what your education is, as long as you've got guts and gumption, you're willing to take a risk, anything is possible for anyone. And I'm the poster girl for that. Yes, I had a nice upbringing, but that wasn't bells and whistle and everything given to me. What I've achieved, I've had to go out and work my guts out for. And I didn't have formal education. I went to school. I failed that miserably. But what I had was guts gumption, determination, and a mental state that was failure is not an option. And it shows that you can have anything you want as long as you push and you don't give up. Yeah, but and that's what the show's about. Well, just take me through a, a, an episode. Like, what, what do people expect to see? Um, okay, so what did you see in the first episode? You see the renovation of our house where I nearly murdered my husband. Um, divorce is definitely on the cards, but I think that'll be far too expensive. <laughs> It will be. <laughs> exactly. It's easier to stay married. It's far cheaper. Um, so there's a renovation of the house. There's ups and downs of marriage. I mean, you know, there's so many people out there on social media who are painting this perfect life. Well, it's not. It's fucking hard, especially when you work with a husband. It shows my business and taking an intern through to a junior publicist and what it actually takes. It's not just being everyone's best friend, but it's actually guiding them to be the best they can be in their role. Um, then you have the children as well. Um, there's a bit of controversy around the fact that I gave Pixie a skim mocha for breakfast. Why? She was tired, Mark. No, but no, but why, why is it? <laughs> because I should, I should not have given oh, a child. Oh, bullshit. Exactly. I mean, in Greece and Italy, I'm sure children drink coffee. Mate, my, my, I know my, my dad's Greek and like, he was drinking wine. His mother would give him warm wine in the, in the middle of winter in the morning for breakfast. Exactly. So, so, which is all bullshit. Yeah, so you see everything from, you know what, the trials and tribulation of marriage, trying to renovate a house, which I will never, ever, ever do again. I know. <laughs> Until, oh. you do, until you do the next one, but no go way, on. no way, I can't afford it. I hear people say it all the time. Seriously, um, through to business, you know how challenging business is. Business is not easy, and unless you're in it and you're working it, it will not work without you. And there's so many people, like my father-in-law, Nick says to me all the time, "You need to learn to delegate." Well, you know what? If I'm not in there, yes, you can delegate, but you need to be in there managing the delegation. Because if you're yeah, not, yeah. it falls to bits. Totally. And see, Sorry. And a lot of times you might as well do it yourself. By the well, time you manage the delegation, you think, oh, fuck I this. I could have I'll already do done it. I'm paying you money, you money, you money. I'm trying to manage you. I might as well get rid of you. Get rid of that liar. I'll but then you become money. the world's worst person. You see, and that's what people don't realise. Nothing is personal in business. You are there to deliver. You're there to give results. You're there to make your person who walks in as an intern walk out as a senior publicist in my business. If I don't do all those things, I'm not delivering on what I feel I need to in my business. But what that also brands you as the Gordon Ramsay of the PR world. Well, I'm gonna, I, 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 I'm gonna need to, I need to sort of ask this important question here. And, you know, like, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, um, I often have to ask myself this question. Yes. Are you a sociopath? Or close to it, do you think? 
look. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Do, I'm do you know you. the interesting thing is this? And I had this question. I, it's really weird you mention it. I'm getting hot. I have to take my jacket off. Um, it's interesting you mention it because I had a conversation with one of the girls in my team, Becky, yesterday in my office because there's been stories that have come out saying, you know, Roxy's this, she's that, she's a nightmare to work with because I said something wasn't right on I Am Roxy to one of our juniors. And I said to Becky yesterday in the dispatch room of our office, I said to her, am I that fucking horrible? Is it that wrong? Is this the world's worst environment that you've ever worked in? Is it wrong that I want you to be the best you can be, that I want to teach you from what I've learned? And she's like, no, Roxy, really, it's quite normal in here and I want to work here because I know that you will bring out in me the best I can be. But I honestly had then the same conversation with my whole office this morning. I said, guys, am I a lunatic? Am I really that horrible? Because you start for a minute to believe, oh, fuck, maybe I am a bit. Maybe I am horrid. Maybe I'm a lunatic in the office, but I'm not. I think people, uh, when you want to succeed, people in Australia, and I can't talk from an abroad perspective because I've never lived abroad, don't like it. So all of a sudden their instant response is, oh, well, she's a fucking bitch or she's not nice or she's a nightmare to work with. What, because I want you to be the best you can be? So, I, I look, I don't even know the answer to the question. Am I... I don't know. Am I not? I don't but do you, know. You, but did you not uh, care about it? Like, I mean, because I mean, it starts to, it does start to niggle away at you. Does it? It does start, right. and it's only in the last week that I've thought. You know what? I try and give the best environment, the best experiences, my knowledge, my support, my backing, just for you to do your job. Now, really, should I have to do that? Not really. Well, you're taking personal risk. Yeah, I'm paying you. I'm bringing the client in. I'm the only one who's responsible for it if it fucks up. Yeah. If something goes wrong, you're the one who goes down. Yeah. Not them. Correct. So, but and 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 so it's hard. But, and do, you know, but all, equally, though, Roxy, do you really give a shit? I mean, like, oh, how long you do? But how long do you care about it for? When when here it is minutes. You know, f- f- correct. Fitzy's coming to see you, and uh, you're you're under the pump. Everything in the world. I, mean, I remember when it happened. I sent you a message. I remember yes. that time. Everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. You know, your husband was in jail. Everything was just. Just a fucking shit, total to a, shit sandwich, okay? An MDMA and alcohol diet. Total, well, that would have worked. A t- total shit <laughs> I was sandwich. slim. But I'll tell you something, and I, don't, I think this is the difference between a lot of you and a lot of people, is that it'll hurt for a moment or, t- or so, but the ability to say, fuck it, who cares, and what you've gone and done, you've actually turned that whole experience into a television show. A TV show, two more books. Yeah, so, so how, how two does more that, companies. why didn't that kill you? As opposed to um, you turn it into something to your advantage. What is it about you that I want you to explain to our audience? That's a mindset that you use. This is about mindset. There's a mindset that Roxy Jasenko can can bring out of herself that allows herself to divorce herself from feeling all this shit and letting it overcome her. How do you do that? What is it? What's that technique? Do you, can you explain it? Have the, you ever thought about it? The technique is on. It, yes, it's a fuck you. You know, you want me to fail so badly that in me I cannot do it. I cannot make all of those people who are my detractors happy because I've failed. They want me to fail. People, that's human nature, sadly. I won't let it happen. So that, but the, so the difference is what you're saying is there's a question and an answer. The first one is I'm fucked or it's fuck you. Yes. You make the choice. You take fuck you. I take fuck you every time. Not, not I'm fucked. No. So if you're listening to this. It's not an this, option. You're, talk, you're listening to this and you want to be successful like this woman sitting here in front of me and you think you got a shit sandwich. Well, she's had plenty dealt up to her. That's the call. And the other thing I also say, 
you know, how fucked really are you? You've got your health. You've got, I have uh, two beautiful children. Yeah, he's in jail. Yeah, I've got cancer. But, but he'll it's get also, out. Exactly. It's all solvable. So how fucked are you really? Don't give those people the opportunity to think, you know what, she's going to fail. No, no, no. Show them. You but won't. Be, and do you get angry with these people? No, who, I don't. I actually laugh. How do you laugh. You learn it. It, you know, I'm 39 now. If you ask the 24-year-old Roxy when I started, how do you do it? I would have been like a broken person. You know, the, how many articles have been written about me that are nasty from Andrew Hornery? You know what? Now I think every time I read another one, thanks, buddy. I clearly get you click through and that's why you keep writing this rubbish. Yeah, it is bad You clicks. also got me five book deals because you keep putting my name on your page. So keep fucking writing it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a symbiotic relationship with that sort of writer because you're feeding him stuff and he's feeding you stuff. So in actual fact, both of you are winning at the end of the day. He's getting the click through. Yeah. Write what you want about me. I'm yeah. the Paris Hilton of Sydney. No problem. I'm happy to yeah. own it. Yeah, yeah, t- t- 100% right. <laughs> what so, I mean, like, so your new TV show, um, I Am Roxy. Um, Just in case I forget my name. Yeah, I Am Roxy. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you've, you've done one episode. How many episodes are there? There isn't any, so it's part so, of Ten's pilot week. So basically, we did the one episode which aired last Wednesday. We won the ratings at five hundred thirty thousand nationally, best yep. in history for Ten's pilot week. Now it comes down to viewers' feedback. It comes down to numbers on Ten Play, where you can watch it now if you missed it last Wednesday. And then Bev McGarvey and her team of senior producers decide, and it'll either be announced. And what they decided? Tell me what they decided. They decided whether it goes a, to series. Okay, so and if there's a series, they they pay for all the cost of it, or did you have to pay for the no. pilot? No, they pay for the pilot. Yeah. Okay, so. Did, someone's obviously pitched it up. Did you have to go and pitch this up at Channel 10 at some stage? Absolutely not, and I'm the world's worst pitcher. Again, right? I don't do it. I can't do it. I find it hard. It's not my natural habitat. I can't – I'm not good at that. So actually, Whipper and Matchbox pitched it into several different networks. Everyone said no but 10. And yeah. I think now 10's laughing and 7 and 9 must be thinking, fuck. And what was the experience <laughs> with 10? How would you feel? Amazing. Yeah. You know, look, we've had experiences with 7, we've had experiences with 9, 10 – and I'm very lucky. I've always got on really well with all of the different networks. I have to say that I really, um, I, I'm very fond of Bev, who's head of um, the content at Channel 10. She's a wonderful woman. She's young. You know, she's been at 10 for many years and she's come up through the rankings. So she's there's a mutual respect there. We've both worked from the ground up. Publicity team were also amazing. I mean, I worked with a girl by the name of Heidi and she got me. She answered an email well, within Heidi, seconds. Um, uh, Heidi Packer. She was at nine before. You'd remember her. Heidi Virtue. No, different Heidi. Right, okay. Um, But she was amazing. She got me. She was now. She realised that what the business we're in, and really any business that's fruit and vegetable, if you don't sell it today, tomorrow it's off. So we need to move, 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 move. And she got it. So it was an amazing experience. I Look, you know what? And even if it doesn't get up to series for uh, 2020, and and I always say I don't do anything to fail, it was still an amazing opportunity. Because they're probably taking a picture into advertisers too, by the way. Yeah, I believe so. Because they've got to see where they can sort of fund Make it. Make money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got, yeah, well, you've got to cover the cost yes. at least. And so yeah, that, that's quite a clever way of doing things. This yeah, is... It was. And look, it got a lot of press. I mean, there wasn't a radio station. There wasn't anything that we didn't do. And, you know, for me, I've also forged relationships with people like The Project, which I didn't have a face-to-face relationship before because they're in Melbourne. So, so it was amazing. So you probably had the ability then to go and promote it into, um, you know, all the radio stations and everything we like did that. Yeah. Every radio station. We did Sydney and Melbourne in yeah. one day. And you know what? At the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, please don't make me say my name again. I'm sick of talking about myself. Like, this is boring now. But people loved it. And, you know, my Instagram following went from 234,000 to 244,000 
overnight. Yeah, I know, because television is so... Uh, everybody talk about power. It's so powerful still. TV is so the most powerful, pa- it's the most powerful well, it's medium. it's because of you that I'm even where I am today. Ah. Celebrity Apprentice. Sorry, yeah. that put this blonde-haired, big-tit girl <laughs> on the map. All of a sudden, I was just a publicist before that. Yeah, I was doing well. I was making serious money. But it took me from being just a publicist. She's that girl from Celebrity Apprentice. And still to this day, people say, oh, my God, you were my favourite on Celebrity Apprentice. And I just remember hoping that you'd fire me because I was like, I'm fucking sick of this, Stephanie Rice. Get me out of here. And Steph has done well too, by the way. She's, she's done well now. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing, but I, know I hear all sorts of stories about what she's doing. No like, comment on that. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. So okay, right. So Roxy, I got we got to have to wind up because I'm, we don't give me much time to do this. But we covered off your boot camp. We've covered off your TV show. We've covered off obviously, um, Sweaty Betty. What other things are you doing? What are, is there anything else you're working on? What are we doing? So I've got You've a content, done the books. Yeah, I've done the books. I've got a content creation agency now because content is king. So it's called Social Union. Basically, we create content for people like Harold's the retailer, um, Bulgari. So they give us their product and we create the content for social media. You, you, you mean you're you're talking about the narrative? Photograph. Photograph. Oh, the photographs? Yeah, so everything you see on Instagram in terms of those grid squares yep. and the stories, yep. we create the visual content. So like magazine editorials. So you've got a team that goes down and does the filming for them? We do it at or- our offices. We've got a studio now. Yep, okay. Um, so we've got that. We've got 18 Communications, which is a Chinese PR company because I think one of the biggest mistakes that people are making in business is they're forgetting about how much um, importance the Chinese have in our community in terms of spending. The Chinese, if you go to the city here in Sydney or wherever you are, who are the people carrying shopping bags? It's mm. the Chinese community. And people are thinking that the Chinese community are communicating on Instagram and Facebook, but they're not. They're communicating on WeChat, Weibo and Redbook. So what 18 Communications does is it manages all of those platforms for different companies like Perfection Fresh, Glue Store. So we have four incredible Chinese girls working for us who do everything in Cantonese and they populate their channels for them. And then there's Ministry of Talent. Um, which is You've my... have had it for a while, though. I've had it for years. Yeah. And then I've got a hair accessory business now, which is going nuts. A hair accessory? Well, I was going to wear a headband today, but I thought we'd have headphones on, but we don't, so I could have worn one. But, yeah, that's doing really, really well. So Pixie, my daughter, had that hair accessory brand, which is in Maya yeah. stores, 18 stores. How old is she now? She's eight. Wow. And I'm getting old. No, you're not, you're not. I'll need a Zimmer frame next time you invite me in. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's interesting you talk about the uh, Chinese market because uh, we had our annual awards night uh, um, two nights ago up in Darwin, and every person who won an award, I, not every person, probably 90% of the people who won awards and we put out, gave out 20 awards, were Asians. Well, that's the thing. And this so is they're what the best people, salespeople, of the course, best. Of um, course, they're dedicated. Everything. They're Every- good workers, they're dedicated. And I think people forget, you know, just because we're Westerners, that doesn't mean that we disregard every other ethnicity and how they communicate. So that's what that agency does. Can I, can I, and I, I think a lot of people know, because I, I can't remember, but Jusenko is what origin? Yugoslav. Yugoslav. Yeah. But which part of Yugoslavia? Belgrade. Belgrade, so uh, that's in uh, Serbia. Yeah. So your dad's Yugoslavian. Yeah, and my mother's English. English. She's from London? Yes. Okay, so she's, did you say she's niece Ender? Uh, she, yeah, she's from Hackney. Hackney it's okay. trendy now, but wow. when she well, lived she, there, it was she, not she trendy. Old those days. Yeah. But like, so you got a Hackney mother, like yeah. a niece and mother, and you got a... A, a, a North a, Ride a, dad. A, a Serbian dad. And, yeah, and that's what gives you... Well, mate. The hunger. That's called DNA, mate. Yeah. That's where you are at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the Serbians are like pretty fucking tough people. Oh, and those East Enders are pretty tough yeah, too. So. Yeah, yeah. We're oh right God. if we get into a punch-up. Well, Don't what, worry. What, what, <laughs> watching your mum and dad grow up, that would have been a real experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually wish we could get them in here. I'd love to get them in here with <gasps> yeah. you and do well, an interview. Well, let me tell you, with the way their divorce and property settlement is going, there that's may I mean. be blood it, on the table. It'd be, it'd, it'd be great. It'd be, gr- <laughs> it'd be great stuff for us. Roxy Jusenko, uh, you're, actually, you're a 
breath of fresh air for me. Um, I've always enjoyed talking to you. I, Thank I think you. you're a, a real talent. Thank you. And Australia loves you. Thank you. Thanks, Roxy. 